That one doesn't make much of a noise. What? Are you trying to do an after show? No, I was just trying to. Are you actually recording right now? Yeah. Well, all right. So there you go. So we're gonna we're kind of changing it up a little bit here. I mean, this is really changing up. You should crack a beer on the after show instead. Over yeah, here, this you're... isn't the after show. What? This is not the after show. I know this is not the after show. How you're cracking the hard stuff. What? I don't know. I don't have a whole lot left. So. You do what you want to do. What? Are... Yeah. Oh my God, John, this is. This is like after show talk part two. I want to see this bottle though when you're done here. Oh yeah, you're making all sorts of noise. Yeah, good stuff. What is? Oh my god. I, so I mean, you know this I'm is uh, it's by Buffalo Trace Distillery. Okay. I've been uh, really liking a lot of the Buffalo Trace uh, bourbon lately. Oh yeah. So I'm trying to expand, try other stuff that they make. This one is Eagle Rare. Uh, you got the bottle to read the description there. Damn, that smells good. Um, basically, I know. From what I understand, the Buffalo Trace is aged like seven to nine years. This is aged a minimum of ten. So it says, okay, so let me read this here if you want me to. Then I just keep my light on because I, uh, that is, I have good eyes, but that is really tiny right now. Okay, there we go. Eagle Rare, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Hop Happiness, not Happiness. Okay, the cornerstones of the birth of a nation, epitomized by the American Bald Eagle. The nation has come to represent. The freedom, spirit, and independence of the individual, giving the world products and innovations that are uniquely its own. Once its innovation was Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, early Kentucky distillers created bourbon, the true American spirit in the late 1700s. By practice and protected by law, no other distilled spirit adheres to standards as strict as those established for Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Few other whiskeys can offer... A even a glimpse of the greatest whiskey making found in Eagle Rare. Eagle Rare 10-year-old Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey has a sweet, oaky nose and full, complex body. Reminiscent of a fine port wine, this rare whiskey is best served neat or over ice. Of course, feel free to drink Eagle Rare in such a classic cocktail as a Manhattan or whiskey sour. Age 10 years. Okay, cool. So that was a lot of reading. I need yeah. to try this, though. Yeah, you told me to read it, though, man. Yeah, well, you got to read the description. Right, it's right, only right, fair right, to the right. distillery. It is, it is yeah. fair to me. Let me take a sip here. You're not going to nose it first? I am nosing it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good. I've been really impressed with it. So I, I do a lot of uh, like bourbon and Coke mixes just because I, I like the, the harsh cola taste that Coke has. I, I feel it mixes really, really well with bourbon. I like it straight, too. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But... There's just something about the way that is, and this, so far, anything I've had from Buffalo Trace, wow, fantastic. You know what? You have completely derailed my idea for this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's okay, because we're going to continue with this theme. I like it. Let's do it. It's time to hit the trail. Lock in those hubs and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheelin' with Keith and Johnny Orange. They're here to talk about 4x4s and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. Hey guys, quick note about Wheels in the Woods coming up this weekend before we start the show. 
Due to all the rain we've had the last week or so, the grounds are pretty well flooded out and definitely not going to be dry by the time of the event. We've decided to move the location to the museum, which will make things easier on everyone and so we don't destroy the grounds we were so kindly offered the use of. For those of you coming out Saturday, the new location is 8061 Marsh Road. That's in Clay Township, Michigan at 48001. Registration is only 20 bucks for the first award class and 10 for each additional class after that. We'll have display vehicle parking in front of the museum building with tow rig and spectator parking in the back. Plus, we'll have the museum open for anyone who wants to check it out during the show. Hope to see some of you guys out there and enjoy the episode. All right, so um, in disclaimer, Eagle Rare is not a... Uh, it's not made from eagles. Or no, 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 no. Like they that. are not a sponsor. No. Uh, and Buffalo <laughs> Trace is not a sponsor yet. But if they would love to sponsor us, if they want to sponsor us, okay we will gladly drink a bottle of this on every... Well, maybe not a bottle, but every show. Um it could be interesting. Yeah. That, uh, Anyways. We'd have like half, you know, like a 30-minute episode, and then it'd be all after show after that. So as you know, John, I'm a, I'm a bourbon uh, aficionado, and mm. you've become even more so maybe recently, which is awesome. I'm, I, I got bit by that bug and just trying to try different ones, and I, I found a niche that I like in this distillery. And I've not yet been disappointed. I actually went through. They make so many more uh, bourbons and other liquors than I ever imagined possible. I mean, not possible, but... Buffalo Trace. Yeah, the distillery. Yeah. I mean, I I have a checklist on my phone here. Give me one second. I'll Is there wait. like a bourbon app that you can check all of them or something? Not that I'm aware of. Oh, okay. But if you watch this list here, wow. that is all Did different you make variations. I, I made this list. Oh, okay. But yeah, now there's stuff on there like Pappy Van Winkle. You know, there's like six different versions of that. Now, at the cost of like $750 a bottle, I'm probably never going to get to try any of those. Well, you can but, get a you can get a glass of Pappy for 80 bucks at uh Oh, really? Um or actually maybe even less, but at um Butter Run down in the Shores. Really? Place has got over 1200 whiskeys in stock. Whoa. All right, so that makes that list a lot more attainable. So, uh, we're going to road trip eventually. Maybe, yeah. Once, like I said, things are starting to slow down. Uh, the the dive season, at least on the charter boat, is done. Uh, so we're, we are officially a wrap on that, which, as any of us who do that get closer to the end of the season, we get to that moment of, thank God we're done. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I know the feeling, man. And the way this season has gone, thank God we're done. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that. But we got to get her down, get her dry docked, and then, yeah. So I, I'm pretty happy to be sitting here drinking our national spirit. Did you know this is our <laughs> national spirit? Bourbon? Yes. I could totally see it. I mean, it's so a very... it was signed in by President Bill Clinton as oh. our the national spirit of the United States because I was it unaware is of that. made in Kentucky. Huh. Uh, there's bourbon made in outside of Kentucky. Originally, it had to be made in Kentucky. Now it is made in other states and other places, yeah. even around the world. But it has to be made charred that oak barrels. Grain bill. Exactly. And, yeah. But you know what's interesting is modern bourbon, I don't know if you knew this or not, did not, and I, I know I'm going to have a Kentucky listener that is going <laughs> to send me some hate mail for this one, modern bourbon didn't start in Kentucky. How so do you mean? It started with a Michigan man Oh. that ran a distillery in Canada. Ah. 
and he made the first mass-produced whiskey. Oh, okay. Called Canadian Club. Oh. And uh, I just wrote an article about that, uh, and he there's a whole I thing. I want to see that because I want to read that. Yeah, it's in the Thumbprint News. Oh, um, excellent. And, you know, I write for the Thumbprint News. Yeah. But... Um, one of the things, and you know why? I mean, it's probably the whiskey. I'm drawing a blank as to <laughs> and as to his name right now. I wish I had the copy in front of me here. It's funny after I write an article, I do all the history on stuff. Sometimes the information just escapes. I have the same thing when I write like projects I wrote in school in college. I didn't remember that I wrote it the next day. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, but uh, he, the Canadian Club, they were the first ones to combine. Two popular bourbon making processes or whiskey making processes. Okay. Prior to Canadian Club, which they came out in like 1860 something or something like that, mm. um, there were distillers in Kentucky and other parts of the world that would put in charred oak barrels. Mm-hmm. And there was other distillers that were filtering it through charcoal mm. to both to get that that amber color to the yeah. whiskey. Um, he was the first one to do both processes and do the exact mm. same amount of each product each time. Mm-hmm. The exact same amount of charcoal, the exact same amount of the high wine moonshine, yeah. essentially. He basically created the first, um, well, I guess it would be mass-produced whiskey, hmm. where it was, and then very shortly after, the Canadian distillers started doing the same. Nice. But it's kind of an interesting thing, and then, yeah. and, you know... Um, but, uh, speaking of whiskey though, and cars, do you know the connection? So you're, you're talking like the birth of NASCAR, I feel. Oh, hell really yeah, I am, man. <laughs> hell yeah, I am. Oh, cheers to that. There you go. <laughs> now, I, I mean, admittedly, I'm not some big NASCAR nut, but. Oh, me neither. Guys like Junior Johnson back in the day, they were moonshiners. Yeah. And. Well, bootleggers. There's a difference. Well, what's the difference? So a moonshiner is the one who runs the still. Mm. Bootlegger is the one who's transporting the liquor and actually making the sales. Okay. So there's a pretty distinct difference. Typically, that was an association of, I trust you, I know you, we're doing that, or it was like a wholesale thing. You buy wholesale, you do what you're doing, you're actually running it, you're the bootlegger. Okay. So, yeah. So, do you know... Where, when, I mean, obviously, they were running illegal whiskey in dry oh, yeah. counties oh, yeah. <laughs> prior to cars even existing. Yeah. But it really started to have a boom in the 40s and 50s. 30s, 40s, and 50s. Mm. Do you know why it's interesting where how the NASCAR thing started and, and how the speed started and everything with them? I mean, I know why it did, but I don't know the... Necessarily where you're going with as far well, as... Well, why? Why did it? Trying to get away from the cops. Okay, trying to get away from the cops. <laughs> Built engines bigger, better, faster, stronger. Yeah. So and they were, that's turned into racing. These guys <laughs> These guys were built... So one of the most popular vehicles to do this with at the time was a 1940 Ford. Okay. The, the Ford 1940 Ford sedan... I'm not sorry, sedan. Uh, coupe. Sometimes a sedan was a very lightweight car. It was still, it was not very far off the Model A. I mean, the Model A was discontinued in 30, or uh, 28. Okay. But, no, I'm sorry, 31, 31. 
because um, then 32, the V8 Ford came out that would Bonnie and Clyde were fans of. Yeah. But it was still basically the same kind of chassis, a lightweight body, had the V8 engine in them, had the Ford, um, believe that was the 8BA flathead V8 engine in them. Hmm. But they were, they were fast cars. The Ford V8 was a very fast car, and a lot of the cops drove them and stuff. So yeah. be, that was a problem because in 40, 41... Right there at the beginning of World War II, and then even just after World War II, like I said, you know, the cops were driving the same cars as the bootleggers were yeah. driving. So they needed to go faster. So what was faster was they would take the 40 Ford, and by the time they got to the late 40s, they would pull out the V8 engine that it had in it, they would toss that away, the old archaic flathead that now was a you know 10 15 year old design 20 year old design and they were taking big overhead cam v8 engines out of big oldsmobile and cadillac sedans dropping them in and they were putting these 300 horsepower engines in these you know cars that weighed 2800 pounds (laughs) and that's where a lot of it started and then eventually, when the Chrysler Hemi became available in, I think it was 51, when they started dropping the Hemis in them, yeah. in these old Fords, Dude. those suckers <laughs> moved. Yeah. There's actually, if you go down to the Don Garlitz Museum of Drag Racing mm. in Ocala, Florida, he has his old, he, he started out in some of the shine business too. Oh. He has his old shine car down there, oh, which wow. is a, uh, I believe is a Hemi powered 40 or 41 oh, that's Ford cool. right there. You know, so, and then as the oversized springs in the back and yeah. the tanks in the trunk and everything, and nice. it was made to, you know. It's, it's really cool. I mean, you know, we, we joke about just how influential alcohol is just over the years but you really look back at the history and the development of some of this stuff just how influential it was in every aspect of our modern society the vehicles the speed nascar it's just it's impressive well nascar (laughs) was born out of it in the late 50s but of course bootlegging continued well it's still going on to this day it is (laughs) and dry counties down south yeah now the you know I'm not a big NASCAR aficionado. You know, we're not particularly a... I mean, we're a car truck show. We oh. are. You know, we could get some NASCAR people on someday, and they could oh, probably yeah. talk our ears off about NASCAR. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. But, you know, to me, the off-roading part of it was running those dirt roads. Oh, yeah. In the Appalachians. They fire trails and stuff. Yeah. In those cars. Yeah. You know, and what's interesting is the Fords... Oh, and let me back up a little bit. Do you know the reason why the 40 Ford was the initial choice for the bootleggers? Not a clue. Not only was the lightweight car, but it was the first one that had hydraulic brakes. Oh. So they could stop them fast. (laughs) Prior to that, the Fords had mechanical brakes. So they had the rods. Now, some of the early, some of the Chevys... Um, the earlier Chevys, Pontiacs, and GMC, or Pontiac, Chevys, Pontiacs, um, Cadillacs, things like that, in the 30s, had hydraulic brakes, but they had what was called a knee-action front suspension, which is completely obsolete today. Obviously, it was the first, I've never heard of it. <laughs> it was the first version of a 
independent front <clears throat> suspension. Anybody that's ever worked on an old Volkswagen Beetle that had the four arms in the front mm-hmm. that swung up and down, that's a knee action front suspension. Yeah. It works great for taking bounces, like if you hit a um, big pothole mm-hmm. or something like that, but they are not a maneuvering suspension. Yeah. As soon as you start to go around a corner fast, the knee actions tend to roll on you. Oof. They just tend to like kind of get that little rolling action. Yeah. So that's why the Chevys and the Pontiacs and the Oldsmobiles and things like that, all the GM vehicles of the day were not as popular because, yeah. you know, the base base models still had the solid axles, but they were a little weaker. The 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 better built cars had the knee actions, the Chevy Deluxes and hmm. stuff like that had the knee actions, and. You know, that was not a good vehicle for running high speed on a dirt road because yeah. they get squirrely. And Chrysler's and Dodges at the time were a decent built, very, very durable car, but they all had their flathead straight six, which was freaking anemic. Yeah. They had no power. And they had very kind of weak transmissions, rear ends. They were they were a commuter car. So the gotcha. Fords were, were overbuilt. They were because Ford at the time they built their cars and trucks on the same chassis. Ha. Huh. Nice. Same chassis, same rear ends, here's some springs. So basically a 44 Deluxe or a 44 sedan what had the same chassis as a 44 truck. Hmm. And then in 1940 it got the hydraulic brakes. Nice. And so the sucker could stop. Yeah. So, you know, those, those engine upgrades and everything. Now you can move, now you can stop. You drop a big motor wow, yeah. in a forty Ford. And Very advantageous. <laughs> exactly. You can go fast and you can stop. And yeah. it still had the solid axle in the front with the stiff leaf springs in the front. And a good driver could get them suckers around. I mean, granted, a modern independent suspension front end would be so much better. Oh, yeah. But back then. For what they had, though. Back then, yeah. that was tip of the technology. Yeah. That was the best thing. And then if you notice, if you really get into the old. Um, and I've never been to any of the, the Moonshine slash Bootlegger Museums, but down mm. there. And there is a number of them. But when you notice, if you read about the history of it, by the late 50s, early 60s, they were all moving over to the Chryslers. And everybody's like, well, why the heck did they move over to the Chryslers? The Ford, Well, the Fords, like the GMs and stuff, had gone to kind of a cushy independent suspension. They'd gone to these um, more of a car type thing. The Chryslers were built on heavier frames. They had the heavier brakes. Chrysler was one of the first ones to widely adopt disc brakes. Once again, Ooh. stopping. It, yeah. was, it was about going fast, but it was also about being able to stop. You well, know, yeah, you got to make those sharp turns. You make those sharp <laughs> turns, and you'd be able to, exactly. Yeah. And so those disc brakes, you know, huh. you could get disc brakes on a Chrysler, I believe, all the way back to about 61. Oh, wow. So they were doing the disc brakes really early, where yeah. the other ones were still doing drums in the front. And so they were doing the standard disc brakes. And then the other thing is Chrysler was famous in the late 50s, early 60s. Not only they have the Hemi, but then they started coming out with things like the 413 and the 440 and the polymotor. And, I mean, they were just big motors. Yeah. No replacement for displacement. Yeah. Big engines. Water, raw power. And the Chrysler engines of the 60s and early 70s, those were, you know, even even the Hemi, but even talking the 440, the 383, all those engines. Mm Mm-hmm. They were always good torque engines. They had a lot of low-end grunt. So if you were in a hill and you needed to go fast up a hill, yeah, you know, where you could you could take a 350 Chevy and you could wind up a 350 Chevy to go a lot faster in a straight line, but you put a 350 Chevy on a 16-degree incline, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't doing it as yeah. good. 
same thing as the Fords at the time. Some of the big blocks were okay, but the nice thing to see the Ford big block of the time, the 460s, and then even earlier the uh, FE motors and the and things like that. Those were motors that were great on the low end torque, and they were they were a good kind of quarter mile motor. But when they got up to the higher end speeds, they they really they would kind of lug a little bit, and Ooh. a lot of them would overheat. Yeah. The Chrysler motors, they loved being up in those high <laughs> RPM ranges. Yeah at the high speeds for long periods of time. Hmm. They really had, running that 4,000 RPM range, 440 big block had no problem doing that. Yeah. It was like, so that's why hmm. I, my theory behind it, and I'm sure and when you're reading some of the history books about it too, the 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 runners at the time, you know, that's why they get them Chryslers because yeah. you could take Chrysler 440 and you could run that baby 120, 140 miles an hour for three hours, four hours straight and hey. not overheat it, you know? Yeah. You know, so, so that really improves productivity for the moonshine business. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's just it's amazing to me how moonshine, alcohol, liquor, bourbon, all these things have influenced. Oh yeah. The vehicle industry and how the vehicle industry has been useful to the liquor industry. So, oh yeah. It was. Have you ever seen that letter that? Uh, now it's not moonshine or anything like that, but have you have you ever seen that letter um, that? Uh, Clyde Barrow sent to Henry Ford in 1932. I've heard about it. We might have talked about it. I don't remember. They have it on display at the was. Ford Museum. Um, and he actually sends him a letter and he, he compliments him on the Ford V8 and says whenever he can steal one, he can because it's one of the <laughs> fastest vehicles. <laughs> he tells me he has a heck That's of a... That's awesome. I mean, well, we've not talked about it, but that is awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to get that letter, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. This is great, man. Yeah. But... Uh, but no, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure there's other ways that alcohol has been connected to. Oh, just in terms of ideas and pe- what people have designed while having some drinks, I'm sure of it. <laughs> there's I mean, just, it's, and I mean, strictly speaking that, I mean, we've all been there sitting in a project like, how am I going to do this? And then three drinks later, it's done. Hopefully you welded that thing properly. <laughs> or, you know, two cases of beer in and you go, what the heck did I just do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or usually, you know, a lot of that turns into, well, I guess I'm doing that tomorrow, and then you never do. <laughs> you never know, man. But no, just the social aspect of it, though. And that's, so, well, liquor included, but, you know, the whole, let's have a couple beers and work on the truck. Sure. You know, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times, uh, so my buddy, well, I'm reaching friend Jason, you know, the uh, front wheel, front driver's side wheel bearing on his uh, Ford Focus used to go out. Mm, every other month or so. Ouch. Yeah, he he did not treat that car very well. And we got to the point we could remove the knuckle, push the old bearing out, push the new bearing in, and have it entirely reassembled and back on the ground in less than a six-pack. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) We were doing that bearing a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a man. And we didn't have a press. We did the whole socket and hammer thing. Mm. Well, you know, you uh, you also, speaking of beer, and even liquor in some mm. respects, it's the currency. Oh, yeah. You Absolutely. Know? How many cases of beer have I shared with you where people have said, hey, can I use your tire machine? Yeah. Well, yeah, bring a case of beer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Or bring a six-pack, whatever, you yep. know. And When you helped me with that uh, piece of stainless a couple of weeks ago there, brought a six-pack out, and I think we killed it. We probably killed it. <laughs> well, you didn't have to, but you and I are always feeding well, each other stuff. Oh, anyway, yeah, so, absolutely. You 
No, I mean, and that, that was the way a lot of it was back when Project XJ first started, mm-hmm. you know, bring a 24-pack of Corona out and go to town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, and that's the thing, man. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's someone out there who's like, oh, my God, they're glorifying whatever. You know, as far as I'm concerned. We're talking about responsible consumption and enjoyment of said beverage. I mean, yeah, there's going to be people that have problems and take it too far. But we're, we're talking about just in a social setting. God, you were way more political on that than I was going to be. <laughs> I, I'll, we'll just go with what you said. I don't want to get the emails. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll, yeah, we'll just go with what you said. But yeah. uh, that's fair enough. We're not glorifying its improper consumption. No, we'll no. Um, but no. Strictly speaking, socially. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I, here's something for you, man. Um, I was just thinking about it. I've never tried it. Now, I mean, I have ran used motor oil and all sorts of crap. Oh, there you go. My excursion. The other day, I'm at this demo job that I'm at. And people had left a cardboard box full of uh, very old um, quarts of trans fluid and motor oil. (coughs) So I grabbed it. And... Because it was, you know, we couldn't put it in the dumpster, you know? Yeah. So I'm standing there with one of my guys at my job that always is making uh, comments. He's like, oh, you're a rich guy and this and that because you do this and you do that. And I'm like, no, i just responsible with my money usually. So I'm standing there and I'm dumping the oil and the trans fluid into my gas tank, you know, (laughs) of the excursion. What are you? Fuel tank. He's not a gas tank. Yeah. He goes, what are you doing? And I go, it's free fuel, man. (laughs) And he's like, you can't do that. I says, it runs I on can. oil. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I says, this is how the rich people do it. <laughs> I, says, <laughs> I says, I just put a gallon in there. This thing gets 16 miles a gallon. I said, that just saved me like 350, 320. <laughs> you know, and he's just like, he couldn't believe it. He's like, it's not going to even start. Of course, it started. Oh, yeah. It actually has been running great because I put half a gallon of trans fluid in. Yeah, so. <laughs> I was going to say, I know that cleans stuff out good. It's been running great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, um. You know, going back to it, uh, I know a lot of the old songs mm-hmm. talk about, and the, and I've heard the rumors of moonshine runners running white lightning. Oh yeah, in the vehicle. Yeah, in a pinch. <laughs> I don't think the 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 octane's high enough on it. So is it? it depends how how strong it is. I mean, there. So there was a guy I watched. I think it was a ranger. He'd put like half a gallon of vodka, like Tito's vodka, just right into his gas tank. And then he, his whole idea is, I am going to drive it towards the next, towards the next liquor store and see how far I get. If I get there, I'm going to put another fifth in. And he did this like four or five times. And I think he never I had any issues. I think with I that. saw that yeah. video. Yeah, the, the guy's got like three hundred and fifty thousand miles. And he keeps miles running it off vodka, doesn't he? Yeah, it? and he just doesn't care about the drug. It doesn't run very good though, does it? Um, after like six of them, no. So the problem with running liquor is it holds a little bit of water. Oh, okay. so you you have to find that balance between gasoline or something else and that. So it's like Everclear. Yeah, and there's no lubricacy because it's not petroleum based. Yeah. So you, at some point, have to add some kind of gasoline. I wonder if you mixed alcohol and oil. oh, Oh, man. Ooh. This was a bad idea. (laughs) Oh, what are we going to run on this thing, man? We could start trying with a lawnmower. Oh, no, you had that 
weird kind of diesel gas I lawnmower. Thinking, I was just thinking about that, man. <laughs> you saw that video? Did I reshare that today? I didn't know. Did you share it? I don't know. I, I mean, it came up my memories rem- a while ago. I remember ago. when it actually you remember happened. happened? Yeah. yeah. Well, what John's talking about here, folks, is uh, my ex-girlfriend <laughs> way back, uh, she had a lawnmower, push lawnmower, Briggs & Stratton engine, typical just junk, you know, whatever. A push mower. $150, <laughs> you know, beat up 20-year-old mower. Well, mowing her lawn. And I looked down, and the spark plug wire is completely off and just bouncing <laughs> off the side of the engine. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not right. And so I looked down, and so I... I assume I, your first thought was, what's in my drink? Yeah. <laughs> this thing was running just fine without a spark plug. And my my only thought is you either put some, like, two-cycle mix in there or something, or no, add just enough of an oil worse. leak. Wouldn't be two-cycle. That'd be oily, and it wouldn't want to well, fire. Well, if it was dieseling. Is my thought. I, if it was that hot, maybe it was just dieseling on whatever. I was don't in know, it. but I, I know. shut it off and restarted it, and it still <laughs> ran. And I was like, apparently, I don't need the spark plug. <laughs> Electrical system's just so fried. It's just. I that was yeah. I to this day, I have no idea why that thing ran without a spark That's plug. Awesome. I mean, I, I was half tempted to unscrew the spark plug, but I'm sure it that wouldn't would, work the, it that the, way. the compression would be gone. But, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it still ran at that point, I'd be like, OK, we got a possessed lawnmower here. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to get away from this. <laughs> I am running. The, the ghost of Briggs and Stratton. Are yeah. hands are I'm running. sorry we're breaking up, but your <laughs> mower is no. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Man, I tell you, uh, it's. Uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, your Eagle River here was really good. Or Eagle Rare. Eagle yeah. Rare, yeah. That's... Now, I've been really liking, like I said, the Buffalo Trace stuff and just trying to find more of it. I get really excited because I, I know I've come across Blanton's before. Mm, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, and I thought, well, this looks good, and I think it might be within my price range, and then I Googled it. It is not. <laughs> the one I looked at, at least just on a quick search, was like 200 bucks or a fifth. It's like, the what, the what? No. I'm pretty sure I've seen it cheaper than that. I, I could have sworn I have, too. Hmm. And depending what time uh, we wrap up here today, I've got a store I'm going to stop by that I know has some other oh. Buffalo Trace stuff. And maybe I'll have something new for uh, our next session if I don't finish it. Yeah, next one's going to be a 104. So we need some suggestions, you know, folks. I mean, we may come up with something by then. Although I think we have some guests because um, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we have some well, guests. Four might be so. Depending on how these are timed, that might be uh, wheels in the woods. That's true. That is coming up. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And we told everybody we were going to talk about the uh, 105 series Land Cruiser for 105. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see we'll how it goes. But with wheels in the woods um, coming up. <laughs> all right i mean full disclaimer here i don't know when you're gonna load this episode so i'm gonna try to load these sequentially so this this should be out before that and i'm leaving this bit in by the way <laughs> <laughs> all right that's fine i just like for for our listeners to know we we, we talk about this <laughs> um so yeah no i i am still very much looking forward to wheels in the woods we're gonna oh, yeah. we're gonna have a great time again i'm sure uh knock on wood no rain this year. Oh, We've yeah, had the last two. Uh, if we get a nice, just beautiful day, I would love it. Uh, but even with the rain the last two years, we've had a decent turnout. Um, yeah. 
you know, a small group, but it's been a great turnout. And we we've had, had a lot great of... time last year, even with everything going on in the world. We still had a great turnout. Everybody had a great time. It was respectful of, you know, distances and boundaries and all that. And it was a great time. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, once again, um, we are going to be doing our Power Wheels uh, kids events. Bring your own Power Wheels. Bring your kid, your own kid, or somebody else's kid. Do you have to be a kid, really, though, to run the Power? I mean, you won't be eligible for an award. Um, Actually, yes, you are. Oh, we changed it this year. Uh, no, you don't have to be a kid. Oh, okay. What I'm saying is, because the awards are, we have two classes. Okay. Ages seven and under, and ages eight and up. Oh, so technically. Yes. We used <laughs> nice. to do ages eight to 12, and I don't know why we changed it, but we did. So if we have a 62-year-old man that wants <laughs> to run around in a Barbie Jeep. I kind of want to see that just because it'd be funny. Yeah. So, huh. bring your power wheels, bring your bicycle helmets. Uh, we don't supply either, so you got to bring that, run the course. It's a pretty easy course. Well, I mean, I say easy, but it's really not, because we usually put some tight areas and stuff in it. Yeah, a couple turns require some we, backup and everything. Yep, we change it every year, and yep. um, it's always a challenge for the kids. A lot of fun. Usually the whole crowd cheers for the kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. We're going to have our super popular trivia contest coming back. Um you know, I am... What is it, 20 awards or a little over, like, 21 awards, is it? I don't remember. Oh, uh, we have about 20 awards. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, of course, all our awards are sponsored by StarCraft Brewery, Richmond, Michigan. Yep. And uh, you guys. Yeah, and you know what? They now have a cider. It's coming out. It'll be out by the time this episode airs. I hope so. <laughs> it better be. I, I hope so. It is phenomenal though. it is very very good we i'm both gonna had, have a lot of it <laughs> yeah we both had a chance to, what do they call it i don't remember <laughs> oh if i think i know their their triple is my absolute favorite that they make though uh it's like a belgian triple beer they do have some wines it's called this is their first cider it's called the i think it's their first raspberry cider. shocker i think hmm. something shocker i don't remember at but all. It's, it's delicious oh yeah and they're in Richmond, Michigan, folks. They are you cannot find StarCraft yet in <laughs> uh stores anywhere. Uh you actually have to drink their products at their location, which is one of the reasons well, John they and I do love that sell place. growlers to go. Well yeah. So yeah. you you can get it to go or you can But you're not gonna it. find it in a retail location. No, 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 no. Yet. No. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. happen. <laughs> I, I fully believe that Starcraft is gonna be big. I think they're gonna be the next founders. That would be awesome. You know, yeah, I they make a fantastic quality product. The taste is great. The consistency is phenomenal. Fantastic. And each one has a unique profile Correct. that speaks to what it is. And it's it's awesome. You know, there there's a lot of places you get kind of a distinct funky taste to some of the beers at uh some of the other like microbreweries like that. This place doesn't have it. You know, it's this tastes like really, really good beer. Well, you know, not only does it taste a great beer, but one of the things I love them for is a lot of the microbreweries, and, and and God bless them, they're they're trying. But when you when they come out and they bring a list of these cool names, you know, this is the apparently it's raining here in the studio now, and uh, now it's not raining in the studio. Uh, I don't the, know what happened. The there. folks may or may not have heard that, but I just had some crazy static that sounded like rain. I, I had it too, so they okay. probably did too. Okay. Um, but uh, 
You know, they'll come that. out and they'll have these great <laughs> names and they'll be like, this is the Captain Crunch, you know, or I've had a beer by that title. Have you really? Yeah. Or, you know, or this is, um, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, Iron Man goes rogue or whatever. They, you know, <laughs> they've got all these great names they come up with. Kangaroo but, Jack Bourbon Barrel Aged yeah, Port Cider. Exactly. Oh. All sorts of stuff like that. If that's an actual trademark, then, I just... But then you'll ask them, like, okay, well, what type of beer is this? As in, like, is this a porter? Is it a lager? Is it a... You know, what is it? You yeah. know, is it a stout? Whatever. And far too often, breweries, microbreweries, fall back on the, oh, this is our version of Bud Light. This is oh, our version of Gizzes. that. So do God, I. God, I hate that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to try to make Bud Light. No. I don't want you to try to make Guinness. I want you to make your own thing. Yeah. And so StarCraft has never said that to us. No. And what they, I mean, like you said, it's their own unique take on it. But they can tell you what it is and why it's different. And as a home brewer myself, that's something I really appreciate and get behind. Knowing your product well enough to be able to tell people about it. They can show you the tank it was made in. Yeah, and they will give you tours of it, which exactly. is awesome. They'll, they'll show you the brewery, the dispensing system on it. I mean, it's just you walk through the hall and it's if just If Daryl offers but... you a hop to eat, though, don't do it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that will blow your taste buds out. <laughs> I mean, no, I like they... Hop Slam, but he gave me a hop. <laughs> yeah, no? Yeah, that was great. Didn't taste anything but that hop for the next two hours. Yep. But no, you, you, I mean, they'll show you the distillery. They'll give you a tour of it and tell you, but they can tell you about the process. They can tell you about the ingredients and they use all good stuff. And I mean, it's just so cool to have a, a small enough, you know, homey type place to see that. And then you, you see the process from raw ingredients, the tanks it's brewed in, what it's fermented in you know, how it's bottled, and then you go back around and you have that beer on draft. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And the prices are good, too. Oh, yeah. You know, compared to many breweries, um, I'm not going to say in case this price structure changes or whatever. <laughs> you know, you go to a lot of places, and I've gone to cool, some well-known, some lesser-known microbreweries. You go have three beers, and you walk out, and your bill is $40. Yeah, it, that's that pretty is, wicked tabs at some of these places. Yeah, that's not the case of StarCraft. Yeah. Um, you know, very, very reasonable pricing. Um, they don't have food yet. They do have food trucks that come, you know, uh, different times of the week. They'll have no. different trucks out there from time to time. Or you can order in. A lot of There's a, a place, Ken's Country Kitchen, which is fantastic food. Uh, they're right across, I guess you would call it the alley, the parking he, lot. He lets outside food come in? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, they I thought will, so. Ken's will deliver. A couple of the other places will deliver. Oh, the what, the what now? Yeah. I could have done that last night instead of going, having... Uh, if they're open. But, yeah, you could get food delivered there. It's pretty cool. I, did we even tell you about our fiasco last night? You did not. I don't think so. Dude. I don't okay. remember. So, Angie and I are here. We're, like, sitting here, and we're, like ready to leave she come over and we're talking about some food we're both craving chinese so i'm like you told me you got skunked at chinese places but that was it yeah but that yeah, was anyways, that was continue. pretty much the deal so oh. we God, our favorite now, place now here i want chinese <laughs> favorite place here in town closed on monday oh place that's decent in the town north of us closed on monday hmm. place in the town south of us I'm going to be a good boy. I'm just going to say no one should eat there. Ever. <laughs> ever. 
And uh, so then we get on the old Google and we're like, okay, Chinese near us. Mm-hmm. Closest is like 20, 25 miles away. We get there, they're closed. Oh. The next one's closed. Then we get to the one where we're like, okay, this one's open. We go in. We have takeout only, no indoor dining. Oh, and there's a lot of them doing that. It'll be 30 it. plus minutes. And then we're like, nope. we're hungry now. <laughs> yeah. So we went through Panda Express, which was delicious. But Panda is amazing. It's really good. <laughs> but it was not what we were craving. We, yeah. we wanted our hometown Chinese. And yeah. So, oh, geez. There we go. The rain's gone again. <laughs> We'll have to figure that one out. We, we got a bad cable. Um, but uh, so, you know, that's uh, that's what happened with us. And then, you know, so talking about StarCraft, going back to them for a minute, they, like I said, the first time sponsor, Wheels in the Woods. We're hoping they're going to be a many-year sponsor. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, but you folks need to go out and check out their drinks. It's... Absolutely. They do karaoke on Mondays. I'm usually there every Monday unless I forget or something else is going on. I'll be there. No, um, no, no, and no. Mr. Keith here comes out and he does sing. You've all seen a couple of the videos. Uh, so he comes out and he will sing. Maybe. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so then we also have Codet's True Value Hardware, uh, Livonia, Fowlerville, Williamston locations. As we've mentioned before, great hardware selection, um, great tool prices. And so if you are anywhere in lower Michigan between Lansing and Detroit, you have an option to go to a Codet's True Value Hardware. They are a four-year sponsor of Wheels in the Woods. Four-year sponsor. That's huge, people. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in supporting the people that support the Museum of Off-Road Adventure, you need to support Codet's True Value Hardware. And speaking of the Museum of Off-Road Adventure, of course, Wheelin was created because of the Museum of Off-Road Adventure. We are, um, you know, both involved in the museum and we've got lots of cool things going on. We got that Christmas sale going on there right now of Christmas items. We're going to be opening the theater soon. Uh, we have some new vehicles coming in. Some vehicles returning soon. Might have a returning one maybe too. We, we got to discuss with you here. I mean, that's another. Yeah, I got another yeah. returning one. So excellent. The museum is looking great, and you need to come check it out. Uh, we are open Thursday nights uh, in Clay Township, Michigan, from six to eight thirty. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as Museum of Offroad Adventure. You can find us on all of those platforms. We're most active on Facebook, but you can find us on all of them. Um, and uh, if you're interested in like historical stuff, we do have a Facebook group that is growing through the museum called 4x4 Museum. And I John? Like so speaking of some of our social medias, uh, if you want to interact with Keith and I, and any of the other fine folks that are interacting, posting pictures, posting questions, commenting on things, we have our 4x4 Talk group on Facebook. So a couple quick questions to get you on that page. Share pictures of your build. Ask questions. Should I do disc brakes? Should I do dumb brakes? Disc for sure. Um, anything like that you want to ask, go ahead and post Should it. Should I put a Hemi in my 40 Ford? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, LS7 swap a 40 Ford, something to that effect. That would be pretty sweet. You know, the old <laughs> hydraulic brakes would be great, but disc brake option might be great with an LS7. So. Yeah, probably advisable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, check us out there. Uh, we are on patreon.com slash radio. Access is those $2 a month, and we're going to be starting the... I don't know if I'll... When I'm going to start it, or have started it, potentially. What's that? (laughs) 
Uh, so the Podbean Premium service. So just another way to access our uh, end of the trail after show. Check that out. Uh, we get a little bit. We do a lot of beer reviews, liquor reviews there. Uh, we kind of ask the nitty gritty questions, stuff that we can't talk about on this air because it's more of a family friendly show. We talk about and discuss sometimes at length on that show. We do. So a little bit more of our private lives, what's going on with things of that nature and things of that. Uh, I think that's mostly it. Am I yeah. forgetting anything? I, who I knows? Know. I mean, go listen to more old episodes, folks. Yeah. If you, Especially <laughs> if you want to be a trivia king for the Wheels in the Woods. Oh, uh, yeah. There's three separate awards you can win in trivia this year. Three separate awards. Nice. You can win them two categories, or you can be the ultimate trivia master. Which That is, would be interesting to see if we get somebody to win all three. <laughs> well, the... Eh? They win the car, if they win the 4x4, four four, and then they win... Oh, no, there wouldn't be a showdown then. I guess they'd just win by default, would they not? They would. Hmm. Ooh. We didn't think about that. <laughs> it's never happened, but who knows? Not Last yet. year, the father-son. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll see how that goes. We'll see All how that right, goes. All right, John. Well, with that, thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody.